American Catholic History is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. Hello, and welcome to American Catholic History. If you like our podcast, be sure to rate us and give us a review wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Noelle Heaster-Crow. And I'm Tom Crow. Today we're talking about Miriam Teresa Demjanovic, the first person to be beatified on American soil. She lived a short life, dying at just 26 years old, but it was a significant life in its holiness and simplicity. Right. Her life is, in many ways, an American version of the little flower, Therese of Lisieux. Like Therese, she was named after St. Teresa of Avila, felt an early call to the religious life, attempted to enter the Carmelites, wrote great spiritual works, but only when ordered by her spiritual director and religious superiors, and she died very young at just 26, two years older than Therese was when she died. Also similar was the message of sanctity they promoted. Therese had her little way, which boiled down to growing in union with God by doing all things with great love. Blessed Miriam Teresa is in a similar vein, taught that through constantly saying yes to God's will, all people are called to union with God. But to bring in an American twist, she was an Eastern Rite Catholic, her parents being immigrants from Eastern Slovakia. So let's get into her story. Okay, Teresa Demjanovic was born in Bayonne, New Jersey in 1901, which was just four years after Therese of the Sioux died. She was the youngest of seven children born to Alexander and Joanna Demjanovic, who, as you mentioned, had immigrated in 1884 from Eastern Slovakia. They were Ruthenian Rite Catholics, so Teresa was baptized chrismated and received her first communion as an infant in the Eastern Catholic Rite. She graduated high school in Bayonne in 1917 at age 16 and wished at that point to become a discalced Carmelite. Her mother, however, was very ill, so Teresa stayed home to take care of her. When her mother died of the flu in November 1918, she entered college at her family's prompting, attending the College of St. Elizabeth in Convent Station, New Jersey, from 1919 to 1923. She studied literature and graduated summa cum laude in 1923, something that was very rare for a woman at that time. Shortly after, she accepted a teaching position with St. Aloysius Academy in Jersey City. But she still wanted to enter religious life and was frequently found in a school chapel praying. Everyone noted her piety and humility. Right. So in 1924, she visited the discalced Carmelites in the Bronx, but some health concerns about her poor eyesight and recurring headaches prompted the Carmelites to have her wait a few years before attempting to enter Carmel. Her family suggested that since she was a good teacher, maybe she should look at religious orders that taught. So she did what anyone looking for divine clarity would do. She prayed a novena. Exactly. She prayed a novena that ended on the Immaculate Conception, December 8, 1924. At the conclusion of the nine days, she decided to enter the Sisters of Charity of St. Elizabeth in Convent Station which was the order that ran the college she'd attended. Right, the same. She was accepted and entered the novitiate on February 11, 1925. Her brother, who was a priest, and two of her sisters accompanied her as she entered. On May 17, 1925, she received her novice's habit. It's another sign of divine approbation that she received her habit on May 17, 1925, because that was the very same day that St. Therese of Lisieux was canonized in Rome. Right. It's like God was trying to make plain the symmetries in their lives. Yeah, it's interesting that Teresa Dimjinovich was an Eastern Rite Catholic, 
but she pursued the Carmelites and eventually entered the Sisters of Charity of St. Elizabeth. Though both orders are Latin right, Teresa never pursued a formal change of right. No, she didn't. But since the first order of Eastern Catholic Sisters, the Sisters of St. Basil, were only just getting established in Cleveland, Ohio at this time, her options for, for religious life were all Latin right. Right. The Basilian Sisters of Mount St. Macrina, whom we talked about in episode 11 of this podcast. Right. The very same. And while it was canonically irregular, her experience growing up, going to college, and then teaching in Latin Rite establishments would have made the situation somewhat normal to her. True. So, Teresa became a novice in the Latin Rite Sisters of Charity of St. Elizabeth and was assigned to teach at St. Elizabeth Academy, the preparatory school the sisters operated near St. Elizabeth College. Right. About a year later, in June 1926, after her spiritual director and religious superiors had noticed her spiritual acuity and depth, she was asked to write conferences for the novitiate. Mind you, she was still a novice herself. She did not want to do this, thinking she had nothing worth writing, but out of obedience, she wrote 26 conferences. Her spiritual director then preached these conferences to her and her fellow novices as if they were his own. Shortly after completing the conferences in November of 1926, she became ill. She had her tonsils removed and after the procedure was barely able to walk back to her room. Her spiritual director was shocked by how ill she had become and he called her sister who was a nurse. Her sister took one look at her and immediately took her to the hospital where she was diagnosed with myocarditis, which is a dangerous inflammation of the heart muscle, as well as acute appendicitis. The doctors wanted to do the surgery for appendicitis immediately, but they feared she wasn't strong enough. Due to the possibility of death, she made her permanent religious vows on April 2nd, 1927, taking the name Miriam Teresa in honor of the Blessed Mother and her namesake, St. Teresa of Avila. Her condition continued to worsen, however, so they decided to risk the appendicitis surgery on May 6th. She did not recover, however, and she died on May 8th, 1927, at just 26 years old. Her sanctity was recognized from early on after her death, particularly through the power of those conferences she had written. After her death, her spiritual director posted a note on the convent bulletin board stating, The conferences that I have been giving to the sisters were written by Sister Miriam Teresa. In 1946, her brother, Father Charles Domjinovich, compiled the conferences and published them in a book called Greater Perfection. And they were powerful stuff. In one, she wrote, quote, Union with God, then, is the spiritual height God calls everyone to achieve. Anyone, not only religious, but anyone who chooses, who wills to seek this pearl of great price, who specializes in the traffic of eternal good, who says yes constantly to God. The imitation of Christ in the lives of saints is always possible and compatible with every state of life. The saints did but one thing, the will of God, but they did it with all their might. We have only to do the same thing, and according to the degree of intensity with which we labor, shall our sanctification progress. Of herself, she wrote, God's purpose in my life is this in general, to teach men that our Lord's promise, if any man love me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our abode with him, is held out to every soul regardless of calling, and is the perfect realization of his prayer and ours, thy kingdom come. So, as we said at the outset, Blessed Miriam Teresa's message is simple. The universal call to holiness is for all men and women, and it consists in loving Christ by keeping his word. Those who do so will have the indwelling of God inside them. They will experience holiness. After her death, the evidence that she had lived a life of sanctity was all around. It was obvious in her writings and was known by those who knew her. 
Many supernatural favors were realized due to her intercession even shortly after her death. Eventually, her religious community petitioned Rome to open her cause for canonization, and it was formally opened in the Diocese of Patterson in 1945. Nineteen years later, in 1964, the miracle needed to elevate her to blessed took place. An eight-year-old boy named Michael Menser was going blind due to double macular degeneration. The Sisters of Charity and all his friends and their families on the block started praying for a miracle through the intercession of Sister Miriam Teresa because she had suffered with eye problems her entire life. The day after the doctor's final word that the degeneration was irreversible and Michael would be blind within six months, he was walking home from school alone, and he looked up for some reason that he couldn't explain, where he saw a great light like the sun. When he got home, he realized he was able to see his mother straight on rather than only through peripheral vision, as had been the case for two years. His sight was completely restored. The healing was submitted as evidence in Sister Miriam Teresa's cause, and the miracle was finally validated in 2013. The following year, in 2014, Menser was on hand in the Cathedral Basilica of the Sacred Heart in Newark, New Jersey, as the decree from the Vatican was read declaring Sister Miriam Teresa blessed. It was the first time a beatification took place on U.S. soil. Asked after the beatification if the experience of a miraculous healing had affected him spiritually, Menser said, When you get a blessing, you have to. You have no other choice. I told God, Thy will be done. I've always tried to say that. He added that he asks God to bless everyone he sees, reminding us once again of Blessed Miriam Teresa's central message, You are called to holiness in your everyday lives. You've been listening to American Catholic History on the StarQuest Production Network. If you've been enjoying our podcast, please be sure to give us a rating and a review. To learn more about today's topic, to find previous episodes, and to send feedback, please visit sqpn.com history. You can email us at history at sqpn.com or find us on social media at facebook.com slash American Catholic History or follow StarQuest on Twitter at SQPN. I'm Noelle Heaster-Crow. And I'm Tom Crow. Thank you once again for joining us on American Catholic History on StarQuest. Quest.